Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So I have good news on the baby doll front. Oh, I like good news. Yes, so you're at you to clarify for people who haven't been following along at home, you were in the search for baby dolls. Yes, decrepit, old, crappy baby dolls. Sure. Is there any other kind? <laughs> and uh, so I am I got permission. I will be putting it in my staff newsletter uh, at, at work at my library. So many, many eyes will see it and hopefully will be able to heed your baby doll needing please. Yay! Though can I tell you, I, I've been getting weird stuff at work, and this is just to say real quick, I get to work and there is a present on my chair. It is wrapped up with a bow and wrapping paper, and it is addressed to my daughter's uh, plague doctor toy and his lovely wife. Because if you'll recall, for her birthday, she had a wedding between her plague doctor and her friend's plague nurse, and I made a wedding cake for her birthday cake. Someone got them. A fondue set. So now they have a fondue set. That's so sweet. It's very plaguey and very disease-ridden, I'm sure. So Congratulations. Thank you, mysterious person who has yet to identify themselves. Interesting. Yes. And uh, and speaking of fondue sets, uh, who are you? I'm the cheese. You're the big cheese. (laughs) There you go. That's big. That makes more sense, actually. And you're the white bread. Um... (laughs) I don't think that goes with cheese. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, you uh, dip the bread in the Oh, fondue. I see. You know what? I think I'm uh, the Gouda one. Wow. And what is this podcast? Awful. <laughs> no argument there, but it has a name. Oh, Fuse 8 and Kate. That's right. What do we do on this here awful podcast? Talk about cheese. And fondue. And children's books. Which you wouldn't have been able to tell from any part of that previous conversation. Nope. But we, we talk about picture books here. And whether they are good or whether they are bad. And you know, what's, what's your quiz question for you, Missy? What is the name of the award given to the best picture book every year? The Schmalda Schmott. Very close. I'm going to give you half credit on that one. Okay. Yes, the Caldecott. Uh. The Caldecott. And we haven't done one in quite some time. We have not done a single Caldecott winner in quite some time. So today's book is a Caldecott, not an honor, not a mere <sighs> honor book. It's an award winner, baby, that we Gold. have not done. Gold. 24 carat. Nothing but. All right, you ready for this? Okay. Here it comes. Rapunzel. Very good, bye. Paul Ozilinski. There you go. Remember, do you remember what else he's done that we've done? Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Very good. And it looked very similar to this in, in terms of style. This, I believe, came out before Rumpelstiltskin. I prefer Rumpelstiltskin, which is why we did it first. But this is what, uh, that's what na- made his name, as it were. Good old Rapunzel. <laughs> la, 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 la. As we pronounce it here. Uh-huh. Yay. Go read that book. All right. Okay.
While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on Mr. Paul O. Zelinsky. I don't know how much I've actually said about good old Paul Zelinsky. Um, so some of this information may be repeated from the Rumpelstiltskin episode, but I think a lot of this is new because I sure as heck hadn't known about it. So he was interviewed uh, shortly after the publication of Rapunzel, and he was asked what his favorite picture books were. And he answered uh, The Color Kittens by Margaret Wise Brown and The Provinsons, uh, The Tawny Scrawny Lion by Katherine Jackson and Gustav Tengren, Millions of Cats by Wanda Gag, and Bear Party by William Penn Du Bois. I knew the titles of the books, but I paid no attention to the names of the bookmakers, which is as it should be. I learned about the authors and illustrators much later. Now, next, the, the uh, interviewer asks, how did you first get into children's illustration? And he answers, I have a hard time thinking that I wouldn't have ended up here no matter what I did. But in fact, I began thinking of children's illustration in college when I saw, signed up for, and got into a seminar about picture books. The course was being co-taught by Maurice Sendak. This was the first time Sendak ever taught anything. I had no idea how lucky I was. Well, actually, I had some idea. And then finally they ask, You won a Caldecott for your detailed illustrations in Rapunzel. What originally drew you to paint this fairy tale in such a realistic and classic style? And he answers, Isn't this the only right way to do it? Seemed so to me. If the story didn't feel somehow extremely real, how would it wield its power? If it didn't feel at some sort of remove from everyday life, the way classical paintings do, how could you accept it on its own strange terms? And we're back. Hello. Hello. What you got there? I read a book. A book about a girl and a, a lady. And her cat. Does she have a cat? Yeah. I didn't remember she had a cat. The cat is my favorite part. I have no memory of the cat. Before we begin at all... Let me just ask you one very important question. Have you seen the movie Tangled? Okay, I saw it when I was drunk and could only, <laughs> watch, could only watch it out of one eye. <laughs> so technically, yes. Optimal viewing. Yes, that it's little known fact that the, the Disney people prefer it that you only watch that film with one eye so in a way drunk through drunk, one eye drew, drunk through one eye yeah what was wrong with the other eye i couldn't look through both eyes or i would see it in double vision so i could only look through one eye so i just were you playing the rapunzel drinking game where every time they said the word oh god what is it like in that movie I don't know, heart or whatever, you know, you, you take a, you take a swig. No, it was, it was before the film even began. I was at a bar and my friend called me and said, Hey, we're going to pick you up. So we're going to see a movie. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and then let's watch about one eyed Kate watch tangled. It was all right. So you don't have really any prior conception. Uh, not not too much. Like, no. Okay. Well, that's then you're like the perfect sounding board for but, this. That's great. But the cat is. Uh, oh, I look, think, the cat's even on the cover. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute. I never noticed he, there was a cat there. Yeah. Like all the time. I've I think seen it's this. all Paul's doing in the illustrations. He's not in the story. He's just in the illustrations. I wonder if it's actually Paul's cat. Oh, I don't know. I wonder. It's like a Siamese. Note to so. self, ask Paul if that is, or was, I guess at this point, the cat would be very dead. Uh, so we start off with this couple, uh, and she, they've been trying to have a kid, 
And one spring, it says, the wife felt her dress growing tight around her waist. And I was thinking, are you sure it's not what I lovingly call your winter coat, your hibernation station? Your COVID-15? You got fat lady. Let's just say that's... No, apparently she's pregnant. Yeah. Her Um, weight doesn't fluctuate like yours or mine. And she is staring out of this window, and she constantly sees this sorceress's garden... And she's struck by staring at this herb called Rapunzel. Can I just ask a question? Was this a really cheap house that it was next to a sorceress's garden? Like, was the rent, like, real low? And that's how they got the place? See, I think I think they didn't think this through, is my point. Well, first of all, I didn't know Rapunzel was an herb. Yeah. Second of all, um, I know you have, like cravings when you're pregnant but i've never heard of like oh man i really need some parsley or i'm gonna die leafy greens leafy (laughs) greens i've heard of chalk that's one really yeah and dirt okay apparently but i really like this page of the garden because i'm a big fan of small details yeah you are and we've got like this weird like lizard iguana dragon <laughs> kimono dragon thingy we've got like a i don't know like a lemur or a bush baby we've got a a, a peacock you know it, i like seeing all the little tiny details i like the idea that she filled her garden with komodo dragons that would be the yeah. most terrifying garden in the world but how have i never seen that in a villain's like bond villains like garden i don't know uh. But I think she's being a little dramatic because she says, if I can't eat some of that Rapunzel, I'm going to die. <laughs> so, I mean, it worked, didn't it? You can't I mean, mess with the results. I mean, hubby, do you think your wife was literal? Did you literally think she was going to die? Because Also, couldn't you lie about where you got the greens? I mean, couldn't you just like get them from somewhere else and be like, totally got them from the garden, sweetheart? Well, nope. He climbs through um, a window and like jumps into the garden and steals some and brings it back to her. And she's so happy that she makes a salad out of it. Salad. Salad. Yeah. I mean... Is any Into the Woods coming into your head right now? Because it's a little going bit. on. Yeah, 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 a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had more Into the Woods than I did Tangled, that's for sure. Oh, well, geez, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. So uh, so she's like, okay, well, I need more. I'm going to die. And he's <laughs> Still like... going to die. He's like, okay, lady. So he goes back in, and the sorceress is there and catches him. And she's like, look, you got a choice. Uh, you can either take this Rapunzel, and I get your kid, uh, or I'm... Gonna kill you, I guess? I, yeah, she, does, she doesn't say what the alternate is? That seems like a, if you're making some sort of contract, you need you need all the terms. Yeah, I guess the other option was you don't take the Rapunzel and, and you your just... your wife dies, I guess. But isn't she gonna die of childbirth? I mean, it was... I mean, I probably, you know, the odds are good. This, this is, definitely is like the 14th a, century, This 14th, is like 15th, a renaissance yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, he, t- he says, he thinks in his mind, I don't want my wife to die... So I'll take the Rapunzel, and I'll give you the child. Maybe there's a loophole, he's thinking, that I can get out of this one. Because nope, if no we know hole. anything from Rumpelstiltskin, the whole I'm going to take your baby thing didn't work out. And, oh, here we oh, are. Oh, no, no, she yeah. takes the baby. She does. Um, but what I really like about this page is the details in the rug on the floor. Jeez. I mean, every single little bit of this Persian rug is just immaculate. Yep. By the way, her expression when she's taking this baby is not, I am a cackling evil witch. It's a very loving, 
Maybe she Motherly. never could have a child yeah, of her absolutely. Own. That's what it looks like. It's, it's a, it, this may be one of the very rare versions of this where I've ever seen the witch actually acting motherly um, in any way, shape, or form. Because, you know, she does want a kid, clearly. That seems to be the indication here. Yep. And this is where you first meet the cat. Oh, well, there you go. It's a little kitten. When, this is when Rapunzel's when, a, a girl. Yep. And then as she gets older, now she's 12, and now the cat is a little older. Mm-hmm. But apparently at 12, for no apparent reason, uh, they've the mother, well, stepmother she's called, the sorceress. Witch mommy. Has decided to put Rapunzel in a tower. I got, I got one word for you. Puberty. Ah. She got hit by the puberty stick. That's what I'm thinking. Yep. Well, she she finds this tower and she sticks her daughter in it. Doesn't exactly say how the daughter gets in because her hair is not very long. I mean, it's long. I think she just catapults her in, right? Just I mean, of... how did she get <sighs> in the tower if there's no doors to get in? It's a puzzlement. It's a paradox. How did she get food while she stayed in the tower? Well, I bet she's brought food by the witch, right? But when she's younger, her hair isn't long enough. (laughs) Maybe there's a really long ladder laying against a tree somewhere. (laughs) This is true. Until the hair was long enough, I guess she just starved until then. Uh, But I do like that the the illustrator uh, definitely shows this is not a elegant (laughs) or classy way to climb up hair and get into a tower's window. Boy, she's just throwing that leg. She's got an awkward leg. She's got like, it's like she's doing silks, you know? She's got the foot around. She's definitely doing silks. Around the hair, but there's, you really need some good upper body strength. Yeah, no, uh, you know, fair play to that woman's arm strength. Plus, you know, it kind of looks like she's trying to like get on a horse, but it's not going, whatever the next scene is after this image, it's not going to be pretty. Okay. She's well, on a skirt. The next scene is the prince. Um, burp, burp, burp. The prince, has, he's, there's this prince and he's going through the forest and he hears this weird singing and he's like, oh, that's pretty. And he goes to this tower and he's like, hmm, how do I get up there? So he decides to stalk the tower for a good 24 to 48 hours. That's how you get a lady. Figures out how the stepmom got in and is like, I'm going to do the same thing. And so the girl apparently didn't notice that her stepmother's voice changed because uh, she's only heard one voice in her life. This is true. It, but, you would think it would have. Maybe she just thought the wind was blowing weird. Right. But she, she lets down her hair. This prince gets in. And this is the most, what I think is the most unrealistic illustration oh how's it the cat is not phased <laughs> at all there would be like pure halloween cat puffy tail yeah ears back yeah. arched back no the cat is like nope. oh cool dude dude's here there's a dude and then this got me to thinking who's feeding the cat how do you <laughs> feed the cat <laughs> is is rubble so or sorry no not rumbles i was gonna say that's is, a whole different is story. rapunzel's hair like is there a pulley system there's clearly a pulley system i think that's what we but how was the cat fed earlier when it was just a little <laughs> i don't know anyway, birds birds would fly but, into the town but this is the most the the illustration of the two people meeting yeah the prince and the girl uh the the awkwardness on their faces is brilliant yeah he's such a bro He's got like this bro kind of expression on it, and she is like Well, she's never seen a man before. And and yeah, she's grasping her chest her upper chest in an interesting way. It's it's an interesting shot. I imagine there's a gasp. 
Yeah, definitely a gasp. Yeah. Yeah. So then he uh, gets to know her and stalks her, and she really can't do anything because she's stuck here. Stuck in a tower. And then he offers- Well, she could not put her hair down. He proposes marriage, and she consents- because she doesn't know what marriage is. But this is what it says. It says, uh, they held a ceremony in the tower. Come again? I'm pretty sure it's not legal if you don't have a witness. <laughs> but it you have to do that for what happens next, I suspect. I guess. But now I'm thinking, did the cat officiate? <laughs> <laughs> the cat totally officiated. How would a cat officiate, Kate? Meow. <laughs> okay. So then the... Uh, the stepmother slash sorceress, uh, you know, she climbs up the tower and Rapunzel's like, um, my dress isn't fitting around my waist. Um, can you fix that? And at this point, now we understand the stepmother's motive. It was abstinence. <laughs> it wasn't education. No, it was not education. It wasn't anything other than um, keeping you away from the world so let me just say right here, Pozolinski had a choice. There's many a kid's Rapunzel version where at this point, Rapunzel would say to the witch something like, how come you're uh, so much as heavy as the prince when you come up uh, or something like that? She would give it like a, some sort of slip of the tongue. This Rapunzel's a canny gal who did not realize that the whole tight dress thing would give away the game. Um, and it, it is amazing that he put it in, even at all. It's from the original story, but... Well, she's had no education. Yeah, zero... Well, we don't know. Maybe there's books in this tower somewhere. I sincerely doubt We it. have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the stepmother is pissed, and she decides, I'm gonna cut off all of your hair and make you go live in the wilderness so you can give birth and be alone. I was and only trying to be a good mother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to get one in. Now I'm thinking, okay, how did she get out of the tower? Yeah. Well, I guess now they've got the hair. They could just tie it to something. They don't really need it to be attached to a girl, right? Yeah, I guess. So they just tie it to something but and then also, she can just walk down. Couldn't the sorceress yeah. have stopped the pregnancy if she can do magic? Yeah, this is very true. If you're that against... I think she's trying to teach her a lesson by giving birth to twins in the desert. So, you know, lesson learned, mom. But... Yeah, and you're then, right. She could have terminated that. Yeah. And then I was concerned. Did the cat go with her? Well, this is a very good question. Yeah. Did the cat go with her? We'll find out. Oh, all right. So the prince comes to visit his wife. He climbs up the hair, and <gasps> he sees the stepmom, and she's like, "Well, you're never gonna see Rapunzel again, cause she, I just banished her." And it says that he was struck with grief. And he let go and plummets to the ground. Well, but if you look at the illustration, I am quite sure <laughs> that he was pushed. So you're saying that the text is on her side, but the art is in fact showing the true story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and even the horse is like, no, I'm out of here. Not. I'm not okay, doing usually this. Usually he falls into a bed of thorns, which some fool planted at the bottom of the tower. I'm not sure who. Right. It says... He, even though he survived the fall, um, his eyes were hurt and he could no longer see. So I'm like, what did he? How, wait, how do you survive a fall from that high, but yeah. then become blind? I... Is it? Did his face just fall on two <laughs> specially placed twigs <laughs> that happened to be sticking up? 
horrified. I think what the true story is here that Paul Zelensky didn't want to draw any blood. And so he was like, yeah, we're not doing the whole Thorns thing. So then he hears this, you know, he's he's in this forest for a year, mm-hmm. uh, blind, eating, like, Bugs. berries. Bugs. And then he hears the singing of Rapunzel, and he runs to her, and lo and behold, she's with the cat and her two year-old babies, year, year and a half-ish. Mm-hmm. I love this shot. It's such a, like, a classic... Um, like painting it's shot like a of the, of the painting, it's yeah. a very renaissance painting shot yeah especially her the positions of her feet when well, her hair way. is flowing the dress is flowing. yeah her hair's growing back a little bit you can tell and uh and it says that she, her, she cries into his face mm-hmm. and her tears make him see again that's science but she's not made from magic because she was essentially no, adopted this is not tangled so did the sorceress teach her magic or maybe she's just got super magic tears because she lives in a desert. Maybe she ate something magical. I feel like there's a portion of the story missing here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So uh, the prince gets his sight back. He sees, oh, we're right by my kingdom. And they go to his kingdom and live happily ever after. But I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what happened to the stepmother? Mm-hmm. What happened to the original couple that, yeah. that had her? Yeah, they never go back. To the original mom and dad. No. Mom and dad are always forgotten in these stories. Yeah. and yeah. But the back of the book does have a lot of back matter talking about the original history of the story. Ooh. And it originally was a pregnant woman craving her witch neighbor's parsley. And the witch only collects on her debt after seven years. Whoa, that's harsh. Right? Like and a then, baby's bad, but a seven-year-old? Yeah. Dude. And then, all, and then it talks about all the iterations of... Of that story. Oh, you know what it was? The witch didn't want to do potty training. I see where she's coming from. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's it. All right. Well, there's not much to tell about this book that we haven't already discussed, but I will say, if you ever have a chance to go to Paul Zielinski's website, uh, he has, a, you know, some information about the book, but what he really has on the book is information about the herb Rapunzel, and uh, or its real English name, which is Rampion. And you get a distinct feeling that he has put all this information here for the various teachers and school groups that have been reading this book and studying this book and need some sort of science component to tie to it. So he actually provides um, places where you can buy seeds for a tasty Rapunzel salad. You can buy them from Chiltern Seeds in England. You can buy them from Sand Mountain Herbs in Alabama. Uh, and then he's got like a whole, he's like, read a page or two about some Rampian Rapunzel that Paul ordered from Chiltern for a second town time, how it grew and how some went to a kindergarten with a fairy tale project. So yeah, it's nice. He found a, he found a STEM component for a very, 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 very classic fairy tale type thing. Ratings time. I would give it a eight because I think those illustrations are gorgeous. They are. I love the cat. Mm-hmm. I I don't agree with the abstinence. Um, <laughs> but that's the original story, really. Right. I mean, you can't really... I love the fact that. that she has no education and survived in the wilderness by herself yeah. with two babies. With Get babies. it, girl. Which she delivered herself. Yeah. Not she didn't Apparently, do- she didn't know about sex, so... Lord knows she didn't know anything about pregnancy. Oh, Hopefully she figured woman. out the whole breastfeeding thing, but I guess she must have. Yeah. 
I I think this is a good it, it's a good take on a classic story with beautiful illustrations and um I should probably rewatch Tangled at some point. <laughs> You've got plenty of time. There's okay. no rush. There's no rush. Um yeah, you know what? I'm I'm actually going to match your 8 with my 8. Uh, I agree with you. I respect the fact that he embraces so much of the original story, which many people would have changed and many times do. There are many adaptations of the book where she does not get pregnant and does not get, you know, put into the desert and does not give birth to twins. But it's much better this way. I like it more this way. And the prince is thrown off the tower and he does go blind and then somehow doesn't because that's how blindness works yep yep (laughs) but i enjoy this story it's uh and i enjoy his making the witch more motherly lord knows what happens to her later but you know hey it just goes to steal another go gets another baby (laughs) turns herself into a little man and tries to get one from a girl (laughs) and uh yeah so it's a classic it's a classic it's a classic Letters time. Mm. All right, this one comes from Monica. Hello, Monica. Uh, hello, Monica. And she is talking about uh, that first day of school book that we did. First day jitters. Like right. me, remembering the title of the last book we did and all. Yay. Pat on backs for Betsy. It wasn't the last book we it did. The it, second was to it was the second last book. I'm aware of that, <laughs> even as I say it. So Monica says, I have to say, when I first read this book, that slip just made me set it in the late 80s. My mom made me wear slips under dresses and skirts, and I hated them. And first day of school was when the extra fancy outfits came out. Mm -hmm. Also, I was convinced that this was a new kid situation, and they just moved in, so I never noticed the clean room as clean. I just thought they hadn't unpacked yet. That's a good theory. That is so clever. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely be the case. I mean, there could be boxes outside the frame of the images, very, very much so. So, hat tip to you, Monica. I see where you're coming from. Grown-up things we like. Okay, you go first. Okay. Um, So, mine's a little... I've got a little story about mine. So, my friend, Stephen Savage, who makes children's books... Sends me an email, says, by the way, I, I ran into uh, Fred Heckinger, and uh, he said uh, that you were, you know, you, you totally influenced his life. And I'm like, who's the heck Fred Heckinger? And I look at the photo that he sent, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's little Fred, little Freddy. I, Freddy used to come to my book groups when I was in New York uh, Public Library, and he and he was a great kid. He was like 10, and he, he was in three other book groups, and he wore rainbow-colored shoes, and he went to every YA panel discussion, even though he was 10. Uh, everybody knew who he was. I would tell stories to my family about him. Mom remembers me talking about Fred. Uh, yeah, little Freddie Heckinger. Well, I, I take a closer look at the email, because I have a tendency to skim an email and then go back to it. And what he actually said was, uh, oh, I saw Fred Heckinger, and I introduced myself because I love his work in White Lotus. And I'm like, hur, 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 hur. And it turns out, little Freddie Heckinger is a big-time actor. He was in Fear Street. He is in White Lotus right now. Uh, he's in Underground Railroad, briefly. He's He was in eighth grade. So, you know, book club kids make good is, I think, the, the lesson of the story today. So, Fred Heckinger, teen heartthrob, 
That's my that's my grown up thing I like. You like okay? I don't like him that way. <laughs> I like him because he was a smart kid. That's your grown up thing. That's my grown up thing. He's in like very grown up shows. So yes. Okay. Um we went to uh five different Home Depots. Oh lord child. To try and find the Home Depot 12 foot tall skeleton that for the past year I have been naming Hank. Why? I don't know, because okay. I saw him in a Home Depot last year, and I said he looks like a Hank. And you thought of King of the Hill and Hank, the no, star of no, that. No, he so. just, he has the face of a Hank. All right, all right. And all right. so we we didn't buy him, but when we decided we wanted him, we went back, and he was sold out. And then he became the thing of the pandemic, where everyone bought this skeleton. Yeah. Home Depot caught on, because people were buying multiple Hanks and selling Hank online for about four times as much as he originally was. Mm-hmm. So now this year, each Home Depot only has one or two and they're very hard to find and they are sold out so we yeah. went to store after store after store after store couldn't find one six o'clock the next morning uh the penguinologist went to two different home depots one of them said they were sold out the second one had one on the shelf that they hadn't taken out yet for display and he bribed them with future tickets to some pop artist that they want to watch wow. and they went okay and they sold him hank and now we have hank you are going to have to chain him so he doesn't get stolen oh yes we we are gonna have to figure out how to A make sure to secure system. him but now we have hank we have the giant spider and if we can get those baby dolls oh it's gonna be the best halloween decoration are you doing ever. the are you gonna do the projections as well we will all probably oh, do the projections man. as well you're gonna win some sort of prize or something i don't know what it'll be if anyone is in evanston illinois and wants to take a look at cool halloween decorations come to my house excellent and well done thank you well no problem so we've got uh teen heartthrobs and giant 12 foot tall skeletons yeah. I'd say I'd say that's a that's a pretty good way to end an episode. We should end them all this way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, we are not going to do any Halloweeny stuff until October. I have determined. So sorry. Keep your creepy suggestions to yourselves. But if you do have a creepy suggestion of what we should do, by all means, uh, email us here at fusecadeate at gmail.com. And until we get your creepy suggestions, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our procurer of peculiar patellas is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza, and Betsy Bird.